Osiris. Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Loyalty, described as, do you care? And I care, and that's why I'm on this show. Comes a time, here we go. <laughs> I'm a sucker for O'Teal, man. I saw that same feeling that I have, that would he filled a void that I didn't even know existed. It feels so good to, as Ben said, to try to do something about an issue as opposed to complaining. If you can't help, don't hurt. If we could just all get out there and throw cream puffs at each other, maybe things would, instead of bullets and, and <laughs> angry words, it would be better. When you stop laughing, you stop living. There's a worldwide surge in interest in mushrooms. It was deep, man. It's not that TM makes your mind quiet down there. It already is. We're just stuck up here. We've lost access. I'm jumping Jack Flash came out by the stones. So I thought, all right, perfect, man. I'm gonna drive, and I started driving through the neighborhood, and I got, I got a text from Mick Jagger. <laughs> People saying that you know what we do is non-essential. Well, playing those few gigs that yeah. you saw me at felt pretty essential to me. It wasn't like they were clapping from here. Is they were clapping from here. My view of things is that death, death is the last and best reward for a life well lived. Like you gotta, it's the strangest of places if you look at it right, you know? If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Comes a Time. That's O'Teal. <laughs> I think that's Mike. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm still a little bit sick. I'm finally on the end of it here after like almost, I guess, a week and a half. I haven't done my DDPY in a week and a half, bro. I actually have to ask you about that when we get off. But Man. um, but yeah. I'm back. I got back on it today. I did my diamond cutter. Diamond cutter. I'm back on track. Screw and, it. I'll uh, ask you now. Do you use the app or do you yeah. use like like the 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 like, is it the on-demand, DDPY on-demand, or just the DDPY? No, it's it's on my, it's only on two devices that I have it loaded. It's the app, and it's on my phone and my iPad. My oh, iPad's so for the homework, but okay. I have this little armband that yeah. I put on my heart monitor, and I just wanted to see, like, how many calories I was burning for roller skating yeah. or whatever. Dude, I'm burning a ton of calories just playing soccer in the house with Nigel or oh, rolling yeah. skating through the house. So I put it on sometimes and then I have the DDP on my phone. Oh, okay. And okay. I get points for, you know. So I was trying to do it on the on the TV, on the fire stick, but I didn't know which yeah. one to use. So 
later screenshot me a picture of the app and I'm going to get that one because there's two. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, uh, <laughs> we had Nigel Hall on the podcast <laughs> from Lettuce. Such a great podcast. Hit many of the themes that we like to talk about. Sobriety, is- mental health, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, and and you know it's just the, the 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 beauty of doing this with you is like me. So many people love you and look up to you and care so much about you, and it's so great to be a fly on the wall. It's like I have a front row seat at <laughs> such great like conversations that I'm just honored to be a part of to listen to. You know what I mean? And and there's it's it's easy because I just get to quietly go like this is really awesome to watch. <laughs> And, so you're uh, saying you didn't get to participate at all? I did. <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. I oh know. God, no. I think that there, you know. But I mean, it's it's always great to hear. Pe- I mean, well, we grew you, up bro. on the same street together. He gets into that story. We talk about that a little towards the end. No, I mean it from a. So a, a I mean it from yeah. the most sincere place. Like it's, I, know, you, I know, you know, it's, and it's just uh, it's it's so great. And this was yet another just awesome, awesome talk that. I mean, he said some super important stuff that, yeah. that, I mean, sobriety and, you know, I feel like everybody kind of that's going on any journey, right? Or any self-discovery or, so, you know, be it something they chose or whether it was put upon them, we're all at a certain point in the tunnel, right? We're in yeah. the tunnel and we see, or maybe some don't, the, the, the light at the end of it. And it yeah. might be miles away. It might be right around the corner. So to hear someone from the other end of the tunnel going, it's sunny on this side. Yeah, it's good over here. Pretty important, you know? For real. Especially for those of us that know where he was and were really worried. And, uh, you know, it's just beautiful to see. And he's such a funny guy. Yeah, he's awesome. And so just like, I'm glad that he retained all of that. He retained all of the best. He weeded his garden out, and now it's just like the flowers flowering. are blooming. It's beautiful. Yeah, it yeah. was a great another quick podcast. Yeah, uh, this is one I'll definitely go back and listen to over again for sure as a fan. Oh, it's <laughs> funny stuff. The thing about my dog. Oh my uh, god, Ken Wick. I, I gotta say something. <laughs> How have we not done two hours on Bruno already? What the fuck, dude? Bruno. <laughs> Cujo, as he said, your dog, we used to call your dog Cujo. Oh, man, man Bruno I want there terrorized. to be a Pixar. I want there to be a Pixar about <laughs> Bruno. I'll find some pictures of him because, Please. as yeah. you can tell, in Washington, D.C., and, and especially in Southeast, he was legendary. I was picturing, you know, it's so funny. I was thinking about, like, Hanna-Barbera cartoon dogs that are, like, you know, where the chain is, like, literally, like, they're floating. It's like a 100-pound, like... That, that was that our thing. dog. He was like, oh my god, he bit what color so many was, people. What color was Bruno? He was, was a German Shepherd. Oh, um, had that dark brown and black mix. Beautiful. It's a beautiful dog, man. Um, and he was the terror of Southeast Washington. <laughs> no joke. That and so to hear it from Nigel, who Nigel was is like sixteen years younger than me and Kofi, or I guess yeah. nineteen younger than Kofi. So we never knew him. He was like a kid. Right. And, um, but <laughs> apparently he knew our dog though. So, and so funny. Really you go, funny. You go, we missed each other. He goes, but I didn't miss Bruno. I didn't miss. 
That sounded like the beginning of like Jaws. Then I wanted to hear like. And he even talked. Oh, I'm not going to ruin it. It was so yeah, good. Yeah. Y'all got to see this one. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. But, yeah. You know, Lettuce, obviously one of my favorite bands. Nth Power he was in. That was my son Nigel's first concert oh, was yeah? Nth Power. Yeah. So wow. uh, in New Orleans, I did good by that kid. That's pretty damn good. Good by that kid. Dad of the year right there. Um, yeah. So um, you guys, you know him, you love him. And if you don't, you will after this. Yeah, enjoy it. And thanks for listening. We're on Osiris, home to so many great podcasts. Go to OsirisPod.com and check us out at Patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod for a bonus episode each week. Thank you, Nigel, for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. That looks like a fun room you're in right there, man. It is a very fun room. It's a lot. You know what? This room is an alternate universe. It has become it has become an alternate universe since my wife and I moved out of the French Quarter and we bought this house. And this room was it was a uh, it was a shed. It was just a shed that was oh. holding, that, that was holding bikes up on the walls and 
rat shit, rat fucking trap, <laughs> everything. And now, now, now it's my now it's my haven in here. And like uh, a lot, I'm telling you, man. Like when I come in here, it's 1975 in this room. <laughs> it's the aura. The aura. The aura prevails the aura is, in the shed. And it's so crazy too because, like, like now you see it like it's high noon. So, like, it's you know, there's a lot of natural light that comes in here. Yeah. But I got the lights. I got the light vibe in here, so like I can turn the red light on or the blue light or the purple light. And then I and then when 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 I'm really in here cooking and all the lights are on from the instruments and the vibrato light is blinking back and forth. <laughs> Bro, it's so crazy in here. Like, I just make so much. I make so much. Like, I'm halfway done doing my. I'm halfway done doing demos for my next record. So, nice. wow, my third record. That's crazy. Nice I, bro, and I, and and on top of that, I'm like two. I think I'm two other. Aside from that, two more records in the can because I'm working on like this, this kind of TV record. Like all my favorite songs from television and movies. Go cool. kidding. That I'm really doing. And I got a bunch of people playing on that, a bunch of horns, and it's it's, it's turning into a huge production. And I'm and I'm doing it all here in this room. You know, I'm I mean, I'm obviously sending shit out to people and then sending it back, but I'm doing the majority of the work in this room. How how far back do you go with those tunes? Not to I don't want to spoiler alert, but you the TV what? and the movie tunes. Oh shit. 70s, okay, well, bro. I'll, like, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> this is this, this is great. It's like my favorite shit to talk about. Is um I'll tell you how it started, really, if I have time to do that. Um you do. I um I um my um in the wintertime, last winter, um, my dad got really sick. He actually, he didn't get sick, but like he had like three strokes in a row. And uh, I was really, really upset and I was worried. And I started this thing to get my mind off of being so worried because I'm a worry wart. Um, I started working on these songs and I was like, all right. Let me just do something to get my mind off of it. And the first thing I started was the opening sequence of Bustin' Loose with Richard Pryor. Nice. So, so I did the I did that whole thing. I did the drums. I did everything by myself. And really, really, oh, you'll love this until this this whole record is really an excuse for me to just play bass. <laughs> because I'm playing bass on everything. I'm not even playing keys on everything, but I'm damn sure playing bass on everything. I, I, bro, I was say you some shit, and you're gonna be like, okay, that's my man. Um, oh, now that you done bought a five string, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I perked know, up. But I just got it. I just got it. I haven't figured out the right place for it yet. So just, not, I, I didn't think you was gonna tell everybody I had one. Oh, sorry. I we can it's edit okay. that out. We can edit. No, we don't need- we can. Added anything. This is great. Um, but I did the opening sequence to uh, Bustin' Loose. I did Three Days in the Condor by Dave mm. Rusin, which is which nice. Chuck Rainey was the original bassist on that. Uh, I did the theme to the toy. What else did I do? Mm. I did. Um, you didn't do Car Wash? I'm just no, kidding. I didn't do Car it's Wash. But show. I did something off of Car Wash. I did Zigzag. Okay. I was like, I something got to be in there yeah, somewhere, did, man. Yeah, I had to do Zigzag. I did Come Zigzag. On, um, I did um, Think from Superfly. Ooh. I did uh, 
Uh, so you wanted to meet the wizard by the Wiz from the mm-hmm. Wiz, which is, is wow. I mean, at, at the Wiz is man in my sobriety right now, which we'll talk about later. Like my that whole like every man, I'm telling you, the Wiz has been touching my soul. It always has, but yeah. specifically now, there's so much that I missed. I didn't miss, but I just didn't. It didn't touch me the way it's touching me now. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I did a bunch of I did a bunch of I did a bunch of my favorite TV stuff. I do a lot. I do that stuff all the time, but on the gigs. And one of the guys in Dead and Company is hip to it. Was like, I'll slip Barney Miller in. I'm pretty sure that's Chuck Rainey too. I bet money like ninety percent of that stuff is probably Chuck Rainey. That's such a cool beat. I love to do that, and then I shouldn't even say this, but well, fortunately, I don't have much cause to do it. But when I think something is corny, I'll put Nabisco Nabisco at the end of the song. <laughs> so if you ever hear me go, da, 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 I'm like, bing. You could have never told me that. I shouldn't have said it on the air. Now it's out. Because people will go back in time and be like, he played Nabisco. He doesn't like that song. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't like it. It's just corny. No. I like a lot, of, a lot of corny shit I like. Uh, not good corny. Yeah, I guess I should distinguish. You know what I mean? There's good there's good cheese and there's bad. My yeah. wife will say all the time, like, yo, you one of the cheesiest motherfuckers I've met. <laughs> and, and I'm cool with that. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's kind of like our you, freak flag, right? Look, because I got you, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's like, me. My 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 corny's like Harry Potter that I still cry at Harry Potter movies yeah. and shit. <laughs> I watched a fun yeah. video of you like explaining how like the simplicity of like funk and just like with the bass, watching you play left handed bass. I'm left handed oh, as well. Oh, oh yeah. The, I was the, watching the, that for the Fender video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All three of us are lefties on We're here. All lefties. Oh, yeah. Oh. I play guitar oh, lefty. Yeah. Did you, but you, but Otil, you are a you are a penmanship lefty. I right? write and eat with my left hand. That's right. I do everything else right handed. Right. Isn't yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Still, you're still a lefty. You're still a lefty. You but all, both my kids are, and one's adopted, and my wife. Our whole house is left handed. Wow. Find each other. That's we find each you. other. Talk about yeah. the aura. The aura for real in your house. <laughs> oh, it's on here, dude. But look, let me let me talk to you about this. Uh, the audience doesn't know, but Nigel is a stringist. <laughs> a stringist. What is that supposed to be? Four string, five string, six string. So yeah. I play six string most of the time. Nigel will send me stuff to cut. He'll <laughs> be like... Man, will you play four string on this? I'm like, yo, man. Well, no, I'm gonna tell you why. I got this. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why because when I, when we used to play together in a band, when we were in a band together, um, you you would pull you would pull out Petunia, which is the red P the bass. 63 P bass, which to him was God's <laughs> bass, <laughs> and that was and feather was light too. Fat. 
Man, and I would hear you go from 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 your sixth string, which is the greatest sound, which is listen, I have this conversation with bass players all the time. Oh, that there I'm... are three people that are allowed to play more than six strings. More than four, you, you mean. <laughs> more more than more than four strings, yeah, because if you play more than six, then you you might need to go sit down somewhere. That's that. a big neck. Uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? It? Uh, it's O'Teal, it's Nick Daniels, and Mono Neon. Everybody else, everybody else is <laughs> under the microscope. So um, <laughs> but now you yeah. just bought a five. Now hold on, because this is a seismic change. This is like Trump getting elected. No, you, it's not no, that bad. Oh, yeah. on, well, I'm not saying it's that bad. I'm saying it's that big of a shift. Not quality of shift, but five stream. I was like, I had a little moment there. You did, for real? I was counting tuna pegs on your, I was like, I'm seeing five. I'm going to tell you why I got it. I'm going to tell you why I got it. Because I recently have just (laughs) been delving into some old Marcus Miller stuff. From back when he was producing with Luther Vandross. They tuned down. Those Aretha, those Aretha Franklin records. Yeah. Uh, the What a Fool Believes record with Greg Philling Gaines. There's another record called Get It Right. And there's another record called Jump To It, which everybody knows Jump To It. And Marcus is playing. He's doing some. Sh- he's doing some shit where he's really playing in E flat. I think he's still playing a four string. I think he is. He has a drop D tuner. I think he's got the drop D. So I like doing that um, with the five string. But I also have been delving into some hip hop stuff, mm. and you need that low shit. Yes, you I do. can't. I can't tune my low E to a B and have it sound natural because the string is so loose Mm. that it sounds terrible. It just sounds wobbly and it don't sound right. No. So the only way to really solve that problem is to use a five string, which is not, which at the end of the day, I'm starting to be more open to the whole five. (laughs) I'm not not as gung ho. This is no, you can't be now because you point the gun at yourself, right? But this is how I came to it, Nigel. When I got when I started playing, my first gig at 19 years old, I moved to Virginia Beach when we were playing a top 40 beach band. That Mm -hmm. was the era where everybody with keyboard bass. Remember the system and uh, and there was one dude like playing real bass left, and that was Pino Paladino playing with Paul Young, playing fretless, no less. But he had that octave divider so he could get lower. Right, right. And so right. I was like, I didn't spend all this time practicing friggin' eight <laughs> hours a day to come up here and like boom, 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 boom. Oh, which dude, all the cats that. were doing. They had keyboards, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, no. So I was tuning down for a little while. And then I was like, man, and I was making steady money, so I bought that first Nathan East five-string just so I could get down to the keyboard bass notes. But then I started playing chords, and I was like, man, if I had this one extra string, and I tuned the guitar that way, and then it was over, I mean, God, 92 when I got my first six, and then it was over. Well, see, that's what I, that's what I love and appreciate about your your playing in particular is that 
you've learned a way to use that note or that extra string for something that will actually mean something. There are a lot of cats that play five strings, six string, and more, and they hang out on these low notes. And it's enough to cause you to fucking drink. <laughs> it's like, I'm not playing, bro, because listen, if I'm playing, look, if you got more, if you have, uh, okay, six and more, you laughing, you think this is hilarious. I love it. This is great. But, but six strings give the, I mean, it opens up some shit. And with great power comes great responsibility. And I don't think a lot of people understand who have six and more strings that now you in my shit. You know, you coming into my shit. Now, you can't look low E is here, right? Or there, right? I don't know if you can hear that. That's my yeah, we can. We can. That, that, the low E is there. When you when you go below that, and you can start coming up, and then and then and then you can go as high as notes like this. And on a bass, you're not playing bass no more. Why are you picking uh, uh, bass up? Why you just ain't playing guitar? I'm not talking about I, I you. Say, no, I, but I do. You bring up a very good point, though, and this is why Anthony Jackson. And I know Jackson, nobody got any problem with Anthony Jackson. I know I you love all his coldest bass lines, right? And they were all on sixth straight, right? That all the Chaka Khan, wherever. He corrected me when I. I talked to him and I said something about the bass and he said no it's a, a contrabass guitar I play six string contrabass guitar and but it wasn't the contra thing that I was keying in on the most it was the guitar thing mm-hmm. and I was like that's right so when people right. get on me I'll be like hey man I'm a guitarist this is a guitar it's not a double bass right. it's not a right. bass violin absolutely right. this is a guitar right. right so I treat it like a guitar. Why do you play that stuff? Because it's there. Because now, it's right. Which is why Nigel but likes four understand. string because it's right. not there. He wants right. me to play bass, not guitar. Uh-huh. So we that's why we don't have a problem because I we both understand both and you understand playing. how to how to use those notes and not get in the motherfucker's way. And mm-hmm. I and there are a lot of people some people and, never and, like I mean, it. I mean unless you intend to because then, because because no, because yeah, there's that I mean, too. There's that yeah. too. It's like okay, like for instance, like when I play with lettuce, you know, and I, you know, I got I got the world around me, and sometimes, sometimes I God calls me to play some synth bass <laughs> when there's a bass playing already. When I should come in and do my little George Duke thing, and I do it, and I intend to do it. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus doesn't mind it either. And he don't care because he know the shit. Look, look, if it's dope, it's dope. And we're talking about Jesus, the bass player, not the because player, not, he said not God calls me to do it. Well, so maybe what do you Jesus think? doesn't Jesus. mind either, you know? But I just don't want to speak for Jesus. I can speak for this Jesus, not, <laughs> not the other one. Actually, I could probably speak for both of them that <laughs> they don't Jesus mind me playing bass. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'll go ahead and do that. We can still have church. I know it's I know it's Thursday, but we can still have church. <laughs> well, that brings up another thing to, in my mind because when I got to play with, uh, oh God, Bernie Worrell. Now you know he's a lot of the coldest bass lines on Parliament on the stuff planet. on the planet. 
So I was, I had my six string too, and now Bernie's right there. And I'm like, he's like, no, you play that line. I was like, oh man, you talk about being on the hot seat. (laughs) And then he came up to me and he was like, you. You scare me, man. You I might have man. been. I, I like, might have actually done it. I think, done it. I I think you were on that gig. I might have been on that gig. I think I remember you. I remember talking to you like, yo, you were like, yo. I could have died then because I was yo, like, he played with Bootsy. He played with, he is Bernie. Mm. He is Bernie. I mean, he's just Bernie. We could just stop there. And I was just like, I got the stamp of approval. Man, and I he was just like, wow. Badass shit the other day where Bernie was playing some stuff on the CP80 and they just had a breakdown of just him playing electric piano, man. And like, I would, you, I mean, you, you know where I'm at. And like, I almost, it's like I almost forgot. Like, I, yeah. I like, I didn't forget, but like, I forgot how fucking dope. Shout out to Bernie Worrell, dude. Yeah, man. No talk. Not because not he does not get a lot of the due that he's deserved. He is the reason for the P Funk shit to be. He didn't get the money he deserved, that's for sure. He didn't get the money, nor did he get like them motherfuckers should not have ever had to work again after that shit. Yeah. But But that's the business, you know. know, Like I just saw a thing where Howlin' Wolf's Howlin' Wolf like (laughs) got a degree like make or taught himself he like educated himself all his band members mm-hmm. had health insurance and all of them died with money yeah. Wow. like and his wife and Helen Wolf's wife like he came from Mississippi yeah and he got it and got his shit together and had his yeah. business together yeah. people don't realize what it's for and not everybody does he that like life. you know I don't know George but obviously all those guys didn't get taken care of you know you know we're not in it. I don't think, or I'm going to say, I'm not in any position to, to talk about anybody else's business but my own. Because my own is, is hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard enough to deal with my own shit. But it's it's, it, it's super inspiring to hear you talk about how, you know, like you took an adversity, like your dad being ill, and turned it into, I love what you said, where you're like, I need to distract myself or dive into something, pivot, because right. you're a worry wart. And I totally get that. And I think that that's awesome yeah. that you, that's really cool, man. That's really it's cool. It's better than doing more drugs and drinking. <laughs> that's what I was getting ready to say. Is that in my sobriety, and I just want to get the actual, let's get the, let's get the actual count today. Mm-hmm. I am a one year, three months, and 22 days. Come uh, on. Congratulations, man. I still smoke weed. Your Cali sober. I do. And that's my journey. And I'm Cali sober. Yes. Well, and here's my thing with that. Weed, and we have to because we've dealt with 70 years of brainwashing, just like yep. with UFOs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. gays. Yep. And mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Weed is a plant. Drugs are made in a laboratory. Right. Weed grows out of the ground. So right. I do not do drugs. I smoke weed. That's the thing. <laughs> look, I eat basil, nigga. That, look. <laughs> Okay, I like lettuce. I play in a goddamn band called Lettuce. Okay, <laughs> we go from the earth. And that's it. You know what I'm saying? Right. I had to get in the microphone and say that shit. <laughs> um, Remember we talked no, about the roller? That's he's like the guy in the roller rink. Remember we were talking to Teal about roller? He's up in the booth right now. 
The next one's for couples only. The next one's for couples only. Leaning up like shout out to Oatmeal Beverage. Shout out to this one's a request from uh, Stephanie to John. Coming to the stage, Diamond. I got a shout out on a Watson so from, from Birmingham, Alabama, because he he owned this club. And I always think of it as a black thing, but <laughs> oh, Ona yeah. had a DJ booth in the club. Uh-huh. He played at the club a lot. Yeah. But all these other bands would come in. But Ona, old school black dude, just the, you know, <laughs> Ona, <laughs> if you were really getting on the groove, all of a sudden you would hear another voice. He would have grabbed the mic in the DJ booth and started singing along with <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. And he would nice. always introduce you. You know, so he uh, he introduced me one night as Ornell Brundage or something. My my sound man <laughs> never he called me that from forever. He still calls me Ornell that is Brundage. Your name in my phone, Ornell Brundage. Ornell Brundage out of Brundage. Oh, so but owner would like he would just creep on the mic and you could hear he was real close. Oh yeah, y'all come on. <laughs> That's so weird. The God mic. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things I have like in my studio. That's why I'm using this mic. I got another mic that um that that's stronger, like better for like vocals and stuff. I was cutting backgrounds last night, but this one like it's crazy because I'll be in here mixing myself, and all of a sudden I'm like, who let Biggie in here? I'm like, who let Biggie in here? Like you know, where the fuck did he come from? And I got to go in and piece it out. I'm like, okay, delete this shit. Vocal starts here. <laughs> Man. Um, but no, what I was, what, what I wanted to say when you mentioned that about my dad, like I want to first say that my dad is doing much, much better. He's, he's Good. so much better. He, uh, it, it's crazy. It's I'm, just for a moment. I just want to talk about the power of love. Please do. For a second, because my father, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm trying to say this as quickly as I can. But my father and I, from the age of nine to about 15, we didn't have the greatest relationship. And uh, he, um, you know, nobody has, and I'm going to say that there were a lot of things, including my drug use, that I blamed on my father coming up. And... In my sobriety, as I look back on those things and as I look back into um, why my life was the way that it was, and now that I'm sober enough to be more honest with myself, which I'm really, which I, which I, I enjoy more than I don't because we all have to face the facts one yeah. fucking day yeah. or day. die. And don't do it in this life. You're going to have yeah. to face them when you show up to the pearly gates. Whatever you think will end up. Um, so one of those things is it's like, you know, he didn't. It's a lot, we don't as parents, we don't have a manual of how to raise a child. And with every one of your children, you don't that, that every one of your children, if you have multiple children, they're different. They're completely different than the last one. So my dad had a lot of children. I have 12 brothers and sisters. And, you know, he didn't make the best decisions with all of them. 
But at the end of the day, the man did what the fuck he thought was right. And I can get into I can get into the whole thing one day. If we got time later, we will. But um I when he had when when he ended up in the hospital, I went to Kansas City, because my dad lives in Kansas City. I went to Kansas City to help take care of him. And he was not doing good when I got there. Well, before I got there. But when I left, he the doctors had told me about the vast improvement that he made just by me being there. And it made me feel really, really good because the connection that I have with my father, my father is the reason that I stand for the beauty that is music, that 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 I get to feel a, 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 a natural high that I get to feel every day of my life if I want to that no drug or no person can replicate. Yeah. He gave that to me. He or better yet, he taught me how to understand it, how to process it, how to feel it, and how to apply those things that I learned through music in my life, how to make funky decisions in my life as well as in music. Did he play also? Um, he was a player. He did play. In fact, I got his Stratocaster right over there. I got oh, his wow. guitar. Gave me his, he actually. Do you realize how long I've been bugging my father for this guitar? And after that, he after after he went home, he sent it to me. He said, "Here you go." You know what lefty I mean? So right? I got. I have a, He's a lefty too. Oh, lefty. That's how I learned how to play. That's I learned incredible. how to play because my dad wanted to be Jimmy so bad. And he thought that that was the right way to play because it was Jimmy playing. I kind of agree with him. And obviously Jimmy can do no wrong. So I must be having to play it this way. <laughs> and that's how he taught himself. And that's how I learned. Because that's amazing. How to play. But I feel like the fa- little moving forward, I feel like my um, the fact that I forgave him uh, it really made me feel like I did something good for him when I went to go. Because in his mind, he's like, well, why is Nigel going to leave his busy life to come and take care of me? But that's exactly what I did. And he couldn't even believe it. And I think, I don't know. I, th- I, don't, I think, you know, I think you guys understand what I'm trying to say. Completely. Love Completely. is magic, man. It will Love do magic. Man. magic. And, and, and to get back to that record, the reason why I'm, I'm glad that I was able to channel that worrying side of myself. Because, you know, they say sobriety is one day at a time. Mm. And when you are a worrier, you're worrying about shit that you've already done. And you're worried about what's going to happen in the future. Mm. And the key to being successfully sober and not even sober, but just having common sense throughout the fucking day. Like, like, like regular fucking, like an actual person is to just deal with right now. I can't control what I did yesterday. Yes. I might've put my foot in somebody's ass yesterday, but that's yesterday. I can't. I I mean, you can apologize today. I can apologize today. (laughs) Or if they deserve it, if they deserve it, (laughs) I can do it again today. 
Right. You see what I'm saying? Tomorrow, yeah, no, completely. What's going to happen tomorrow? Everybody's like, I was like, man, uh, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see you. And when you have five years sobriety, I'm like, I might be in a fucking ditch. You could get hit years. by a Who car knows? two years. I in. could get hit by a car. Six months. You know what I'm saying? That's our thing. Uh, That's our. Who knows? In six minutes. Yeah. I don't know. Can, can um, I? Can, can I, can I ask you a quick question? Because uh, I, I want to, you know, I think about this with like addiction. A lot of people think substance addiction, but there's also thought process addiction. Mm-hmm. And you said something about being a worry wart, and I wanted to ask you about that. You know, there's an addiction to worrying, and there's mm. an addiction to anxiety, and there's an it's addiction to fear. Absolutely. And and it's really, really important for me to hear this right now from you and it's and it's because it, it it is you get addicted to a way of thinking and a way of beating yourself up and a way of kind of just maybe catastrophizing or mm-hmm. and you bottle up and I'm, I'm really wondering as you went through sobriety did that worry wart part of you also get some healing or did it kind of try to almost fight the sobriety or how did that part come in at first, it was a bit of a struggle, but now because I am the way that I am, because the here's the thing, is that I'm still fucking crazy. Of course, not you, and but I, yeah, we and, are who and, we are. Yeah, yeah, and we are gonna be who we gonna be. Right. And at the end of the day, I I love myself more than I ever have now. I, but that worry, that worrying thing, yes, it was a struggle for a little while. But as I learned that I can't control certain shit. And at the end of the day, why do I want to control everything? I don't. I don't. How did it you work out before? How, how did it work out? Exactly. How did it work right? out before? Great point. That, that. You know, leave, look, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> if, look, if I, I'm serious. If I don't have... If I don't have no control over it, don't call me and ask <laughs> me what you think I should do because I'm going to hang up on it. Yeah. Because I have better nothing to do. <laughs> That's We had Steve Perry on and he, and he had the same. Really think about this. Is that, that, that is peaceful. Right. There's a yes. peace in that. And there, there, there is a real peace. Yeah. And that is a piece that I haven't felt in a very, very long time where you can just tell somebody, just leave me the fuck alone, especially when I don't have. Listen, when it comes, especially when it comes to business, if I need to be there, like my wife and I, we have these business. Sometimes we take a day and we just go through business and (laughs) she'll even tell you since I've been sober, these business conversations have been actually pretty fucking cool. Now they didn't, they didn't, they didn't used to be. I didn't, I did not, I could not have, I was not, I could not have those types of conversations. I just couldn't do it. Um, (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's bad. I know Jamie. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like, yeah, she yes. like, man, look. We're trying to babysit you know your ass. <laughs> Talk about oh, love. Man. Talk no, about love. What is it, man? You know what I'm saying? We're talking about the power of love today. Real love. Okay. But that's real love. But um when I, I long story short, when I when 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 I can't control it, then it's out of my hands. And gladly. Yeah. 
Well, we're not supposed to. Yeah, that doesn't do anything. That doesn't do anything but add an element of stress. And when you're trying to de-stress your life, you can't take on other people's shit. Mike says. Yeah, uh, Mike has this and new Mike, thing. He says there's no peace without the middle finger, <laughs> which means. Like when someone's calling you about hey, stuff you ain't in control of, it's like, nope. You got to know who, to, who and when and what to say fuck hey, off to. Hey, what Jordan Peele say? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm going to get the nope shirt. I'm going to wear it every day. Dude, nope. yeah. I've said it so much. I was like, who thought that Nancy Reagan was going to give me my mantra, just say no? Just say I use no. it to, for so many things. What you say no to is more <laughs> important almost than what you say yes to. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it takes your you know, energy, and you know it's it's um as much as as much as because as humans we want to help people, you know I don't wake up in the morning and choose violence. It's not that you know what I'm saying, and it's not that I do that, but I can't do it. I can't do it, you know. And the people who you tell no sometimes in your life, they take that no, and then the, and and they take that no personally. Sure. I'm just and 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 those are the people you don't want in your life, because if you can if if you can easily be shaken by me not being able to loan you five dollars today, (laughs) you know what I mean. I might be able to give you fifteen tomorrow, but because you tripping right now, I'm not giving you shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, if you can't give someone. 5% 5% of yourself now, they're not going to get 15% of you later. If you can just be patient, you can get 75 tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you tripping because I can't give you this little five today. <laughs> you know what I mean? And those are the people who you don't want around you. And those are the people who I've, who I've kept them. Those, those kinds of people. And Without saying names, obviously, but those kind of people, um, I've had, <laughs> I've had in my life for a long time. And man, I'm telling you, bro, cleaning up the filth yeah, yeah. has been has 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 been a a huge has been a main component of my life for the past year. Is just cleaning up the filth. I have uh, uh, Instagram that's the Nigel Hall that's just for the fans. And then I have one that's called Nigel Hall Spiritual. You have to be invited to that party. I figured it out. You He's know, like, I could talk all the I'm shit I want on the- what the fuck I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> I need one of those. I just have a podcast. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I think I'm going to, man, I want, bro, the podcast bug is hitting me. Like I'm or biting me. I'm gonna start a podcast. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do one. I don't know. I don't know how long it lasts. But so <laughs> no, let me ask you about it. Oh, go ahead. No, the good thing about it is you can do whatever you want whenever you want. You don't have to do every week. You don't have to do every Same month. You can. If you don't like it, then you can turn it off. Hey there, Osiris listeners. I wanted to tell you about our friends over at Smart Wolf. For more than 25 years, Smart Wool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable. Because they want to help you play, laugh, and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take. Because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They're here to help you feel good. Now, it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. 
Smart Wool. Go far, feel good. So let me ask you this, man. When, what was your turning point? Was it something, or you just came to the end and was like, I, I'm just done? Like, what What was it? What, what, what with the drugs and shit? Yeah. What helped you finally oh. come to the end? Um, very easy answer. Um, you know, my mother used to tell me, that when you are really tired of doing something, you'll hop on young. And I went, to, I went to rehab. I think back, and I kind of almost questioned the fact of whether or not I really needed it as far as the drug stuff. I did need it because what I learned there, what I learned, about how to do the work in myself within my own thinking and how to change a convenient way of thinking. I needed that from rehab. And rehab is not something that um, you can do if you're not fully ready to fucking change. You have to be ready. You have to be really sick and tired. And I'll tell you, I'll even tell you the story. I was, <laughs> you guys ready for this? Okay, this is great. I was, um, I was, I was out one night longer than I should have been. And I came home at about four o'clock in the morning. And I got into bed and Tried to go to sleep. <laughs> We've all been there. Well, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm yeah. trying to go to sleep. Uh, he knows you know? what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I do too. <laughs> shit. Hey, count, look, counting the sheets. Counting count the spots the on the ceiling. Sheet. You know what I'm saying? Man, it was so fucking stupid. And Planning then, businesses and that you're I never going to start. <laughs> you know what I mean? LLCs yeah. and shit. They, yeah. Yeah. Making notes like buy this website uh, tomorrow. Breathing all hard and shit. Um, and then my wife got up to go to work. She got up to go to work and she couldn't start the car. Why couldn't she start the car? Well, I left the light on because I was looking in my nose to see how much was in there. <laughs> that I didn't want to be visible when I when I walked in the house if she had been up waiting for me. Like a fucking idiot. And um and then and then and and look <laughs> and then she called me from work because she eventually got a jump. She called me from work and she's like, yo, bro, we're gonna have to have a talk when I get home. And regardless of what you were doing, if your wife says to you, we need to talk, it don't matter what. You are you are already you are scared to death. It doesn't matter what it is, drug addict or not. If your wife ever says to you, "We need to talk," you are fucking concerned, or you should be. At least. Yeah. Um. And she told me she couldn't get to work because the light had been left on. There was cocaine all over the fucking car. Oh god. Oh, and and. Man, I'm gonna tell you. And here's the and to answer your question. Here's the answer to the question: Is that when she said that, 
when she when we when we had a talk, she said to me those things. And the look on her face when she was saying these things was enough to make, oh man, it was, it was, it was, I was, I, she was disappointed, but I was fucking disappointed because this is my life. This is my best friend. You know, I did it. I did a show with a friend of mine down here named Josh Starkman. And he does like, um, it's kind of like, it's the closest I'm going to get to Fallon basically down here and he's sitting at a table and he's you know we're the guests and we're sitting on the couch and he's he asked me to send him some pictures but he came to my studio one time and he saw this picture that I had um of Marion Barry and his wife getting ready for uh uh something on the news and Mary and Barry, and the, the picture is fucking funny because you know me, I can find the humor in darkness. You know what I'm saying? And the picture is him looking at his wife. You know, he's obviously on it. And he's looking at her to see if she's looking at him. But the look on her face is just like, this nigga. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, and Sorry. she's just disappointed. <laughs> And that picture meant it mean it means something to me because I'm laughing at it while at the same time I'm still seeing it 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 it, it reminds me of the how I how I was and how I felt and how I don't ever want to make her feel again. You know what I'm saying? Because that's my wife, that's my best friend, that's my homie, and I'm not ever supposed to make her feel that way. And I did. And we are just so good now because she's just happy to have her husband back. Oh, my God. I can, yeah, I'm sure. I'm happy, too. That's happy real to love, man, when a woman back. walks with you through that, that madness that and sticks man, around. I'm you, because I'm a, I, I, I got to be honest, man. I'm going to tell you, I just knew she was going to leave. I just knew she was gonna, I was gonna come back from rehab, but change man, and she's gonna be like, you know what? I'm out. I can't tell. And you it. know what? I couldn't blame her. I really could not blame her if she did. Yeah. And man, I'm telling you, that if if I was scared of anything while I was in rehab, it was that to come home and not like Luther said, when I turn the key, please be there. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> You know, it, it, it's 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 interesting too to hear you say about how the moment that it says something about you, and it says something about I think a lot of people that deal with addiction and deal with issues is that it took you seeing that you're hurting someone close to you, like that was the yeah. thing. It wasn't all the pain. It wasn't all the damage you were doing to you. It was seeing right. her and seeing that look right. of disappointment. Because I, I obviously didn't give a fuck about what exactly. I was doing to myself. Exactly. <laughs> Right, right. And that's what I'm saying. And it's like yeah. that that's a super important thing to say about, you know, your heart and how many right. people do beat the shit out of themselves for the mistakes and the things that just cuz it might hurt someone else. You know what I mean? And and that's the Sometimes that's the hardest I think, ones. I think that I think that I think that what happens is at least for me as I was disappointed in myself about certain things that I wasn't willing to change 
But had I really thought about that, had I really had to, had I taken the time, because you have to understand, for me, that was a convenient way of life. It was go home, sit home and chill, go out and rage. You know what I'm saying? Go do your gigs, go do the gig represented party to me. Yeah, real for, life. For a long time, at least for the last, at least for the last bit. And uh, and I look back on it, I look back on like the damage, like the real damn there was actually damage control. And I I look back and I actually see the path of fucking destruction yeah. that I caused, you know, and I'm man enough to own up to that. And in fact, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel better. It, you know, it's just like the problems with this country. Yeah. You know, own it in order and in, in order for people to change the pain, you got to fucking feel it. Right. I am not interested in babying people mm-hmm. to, to, to get them to understand how I feel about something or how, just throwing it out there, we as Black people feel about the way that we are being treated in this country. Still, it's not my responsibility. It's not my problem that if I explain that to you, you feel a certain way. Because the responsibility now is for you to do something about it. G.I. Joe used to say, now you know, and knowing is half the battle. battle. Well, what's the other half? What's the the battle? The other half (laughs) is action. Is doing something about what you fucking now know. Yeah. So to own to, to 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 change myself, to have changed and to continue to do work on myself. I have to sometimes feel what it felt like for other people yeah. when they, you know, I had a really, I had a mm-hmm. really close friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours. I'm not gonna say his name, but I had a really close friend of mine tell me about how they were worried about me and how I was being just an asshole one day, and. Man, it didn't make me feel good because I'm not an asshole. I mean, I am totally an asshole, <laughs> but I'm not. You you're know an asshole what I'm to yourself. You're an asshole to yourself. When I, need not- to, when I need to be, when I need to be, I'm <laughs> open the floodgates of assholedom it's there. to you if you ask. But, you know, ask a stupid question. Here you go. Yeah. Um. But when he, when he told me that, it really, it like, it hurt my heart because that's my man. And yeah. at the time, I obviously wasn't thinking about how he felt. I was just, yeah. I spent a lot of time just being fucking selfish and worried about me and worried about my shit. And um, it, it took a toll on a lot of my relationships. It took a toll on, man, it took a toll on the nth power. That's broke up I'm a t- I'm, a, I'm not I'm not speaking for nobody else but I'm saying for me that it was the it was the amount of cocaine that I was doing yeah. during that time if I if 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 I had if I 
I fucked that whole shit up. And I got to deal with that because we was doing something really special. Yeah. And, and they still are now. That thing is that, and they still are. And I'm so proud of them. And I'm so glad that they are still moving. I really, really am. I love them. I and you know, but 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 me, my part in leaving was because of my shit. And I'm not putting that on nobody else. I'm putting that on myself. I will take, I will own that up. That was my fault. And the fucked up thing is, is you know, it's like we can all still get together and play together and have fun, but now that dynamic is like gone. And, and it hurts my heart. Yeah. To, yeah. to, to know that I You know, um, but the flip side of that, the good side of that is I still have many avenues to do that. And, and you're still world, alive. You're still alive. alive. Motherfucker. I'm still alive. But, but yeah, I'm still alive. No, that's the first one. Should be that's the first one. <laughs> but, but the second one is I, I still have. I'm still blessed with many opportunities to do that in a world with a bunch of people who should have written me off, who should have been like, yeah. bro, you know what I mean? And I, and I cannot tell you that I understand the meaning of grateful mm. now and gratitude, real gratitude is man. And listen, I'm not in the I am not in the business of saving nobody else's soul. I don't want to be an advocate for nothing but my own health and my and my family and me and mine. But but if my story can help somebody, can help figure out I did a I did a podcast with Andy Frasco. Oh, he's great. Not about my sobriety and how my shit. How, how I'm changing my shit. And a lot of people came to me and told me about how that helped them. And that made yeah. me feel fucking good. That made me feel better than winning any award I've yeah. ever won. That made me feel better. Almost as good as any George Duke song I've ever listened to. But uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> to George, you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. You see all this shit. You knew it was coming. Uh, but, it, but, but it makes me feel good to share my story with people. Well, let people know what it is I went through. Because I know a lot of people were wondering, and I'm cool with telling everybody. I'm cool with telling I never smoked crack. I actually was a cokehead, not a crackhead. But it don't matter. It's the same shit, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. But um, I don't know we were worried that because we were because worried when you were going to move to New Orleans. And a couple of people I talked talk to you and they were like, oh, man, because this happened back way, way, way a long time ago yeah. with me, with Blues Traveler and Bobby Sheehan, the bass player. Yeah. And he was real right. deep into it. And he moved. They When he was talking about moving to New Orleans, a bunch of people were worried and it took him out, you know, and we were. So I'm glad you're alive, man. Super well, glad. Oh, let you me know. tell you this. I just found this out the other day. I was in a, I was in. Is that? Uh, knew some of the people who I was hanging out with before I went into rehab. And bro, I got to tell you, there of the five main people that I was hanging out with, 
doing drugs with, four of them are dead. And I mean in oh. a fucking year. In a year and three months and 22 days, Ooh. four of the five people who I was hanging out with are dead. Just so you know. So well, and also not, now is not a good not, time. That, now it's not a good time to be, I mean, not that there was ever a good time, but the fact that fentanyl could be in anything, anywhere, yeah, man. you know, I mean, man, God, I'm be, telling you that fentanyl shit is fucking killing everybody. It's, dude, taking, it's hit so many people around me. God. When you go near it, you, 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 it's, it's, it's a, yeah, I know, but. All right, man, look, we got about 15 minutes left. Okay. Kofi. I gotta I wanna make sure that some things we don't leave <laughs> we don't leave on the table. Yeah, hey man, I hear you. He sits right above our on, on top of our piano. He is right, he, listen, he is yeah, right man. here with me every yeah, fucking day. That's my dad right there. <laughs> but that's that's Kofi right there. And I yeah, keep man. Kofi with me in my heart. Yeah. And I think of him. Oh man, don't get me crying, bro. I think of him. Um, I think of him every time I come in this room. Every time I look at the CP70, because I look. Oh, that's why my right, back is bad. Kofi story? You want to hear Kofi story? Here we go. Here we go. This is great. Kofi, one jazz fest. Kofi came to my house in the French Quarter when I was up there. He came to the house. And we were hanging out, you know, poured a couple drinks and we were hanging out and shit like that. And he goes on TP7 and he starts to play. And he stopped right dead in the, like he was playing and he just stopped and he just looked at me. And he said, when you going to tune this motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. And I'm telling you, I, I the next day I had it to. <laughs> You should have said you tune it. I had the hammer. I should have said you tune it, motherfucker. You got perfect pitch. Yeah. You the one with perfect pitch. You tune it. Walking metronome. Look, look, here goes Philip Screwdriver and the and the, <laughs> You do it. But no, I um <sighs> Kofi Kofi has made me a better keyboard player, even in his absence. Because I always remember what he told me. And every time, every time I do it, it always works. He told me that it's all shapes. All it is is shapes. And if you play that same shape all the way up the fucking keyboard, you will be the dopest of all time. <laughs> that is, that, and, and that is worth what the motherfucker said to me. It's so funny because the dopest of all time. Follow <laughs> this soul direction. <laughs> oh you know? man! And and he he's 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 really the greatest. And I um I did a I did a song for him on my record on my last record called A Brother's Love. And um, yeah, I really miss I really miss my friend. I know you miss your brother. That's your, yeah. That was your brother, but like yeah. he was, he was. I mean, we all have that connection from growing up on the same fucking street. Let, let's tell people same, a little bit about that, just real quick, about yeah, that, go ahead. Mario's Pizza. Wait a minute, Mario! let me tell it. Let me tell. 
Wait a minute. Let me no, tell wait, a, wait, a wait, quick wait, story. Because oh, oh. <laughs> Nigel, Nigel came up to me. He's like, I heard you from South. Somebody said you from Southeast. Looking at me like I a got, little like bit. Like a real Southeast nigga. Like too. he like, was. Yo, yeah. I told me you. Size you up. Like, exactly. He was stepping. To, <laughs> he's like, you really from Southeast? I was like, oh, man, he's. I was like, Mario's Pizza, nigga, what you talking about? You know what I mean? And then he had that exact look. Uh, <laughs> I had to like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, wow. bro, like, he was oh, like, yeah, wow, okay. you really are from Southeast. Mario's Pizza, see? Pizza Mario's cures pizza. everything. Pizza cures everything. The Chinese people own it, too. It's like pizza They still do, Chinese too. Movie. I went back. I went back, <laughs> and, they still, and they're still and they Asian. Still <laughs> they still open. They've been open for like 53 years. <laughs> They've been open longer than I've been alive. Could you get just oh, really? slices there, or did you have to get a whole pizza? They're square. No, you can get. They 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 come in. Um, they come in what's called grandma slices. Which yeah, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandma are, slices. Those are great. Which are, which are thick. Yeah. Yep. Um, square slices, and just don't get nothing with meat over there. <laughs> like if you gonna get some, if you gonna get a cheese pizza, it's cool. Onions is cool. Onions might be cool. They put a lot of onions on peppers, there, man. Boy, boy, that put look peppers. The peppers be falling off. It just like I just ordered just so ordered a hundred. Should have just gave me a fucking pepper, a whole pepper. You know, pepper with cheese on it. Pepper with cheese and a side of bread. But the thing is, we were ten years apart. How old are you? I am. I'm gonna be forty one in um, September. Yeah, yeah, so we were 16 years apart. Yeah. I'm I'm 57. So we missed each other. We were we on the same I didn't miss Hey, I didn't miss Bruno though. Uh-oh. No. My, and we're my gonna talk dog about Bruno. So, so I used to Okay, all right. So this is the dog somehow <laughs> did 55 fucking years. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this dog came out here 55 fucking years and my and my and, and my family we so so O'Till okay we lived on 25th street in southeast Washington D.C. I is and that's right on the corner of Minnesota Avenue if anybody knows anything about southeast Washington D.C. it's the Sousa Bridge you cross the Sousa Bridge going up Pennsylvania Avenue Mm-hmm. And there's Minnesota Avenue, and, and it's three. It's three ways. Minnesota Avenue is to the right. Twenty fifth Street is you bear right, and you go up the hill. And Pennsylvania Avenue is you continue straight. We lived on Twenty fifth Street, so we go up this hill. And I was at the bottom of the hill, at the beginning of the block. O'Teal lived at the end of the, at O'Teal the top, at the very at the top of the hill uh, on the end of the block. Okay. And so I would have to walk up that hill to go to school because I went to Randall Highland Elementary. Randall Highland. Which was on 30th Street. I went yeah. to Randall Highland. So I yes. had to walk up the street Past Bruno. to do that. And, and my family used to call this dog. We used to meet our name. We used to call him Cujo. <laughs> really? We'll walk past. No, look, I swear, I, bro, I swear to God. I, I didn't know God, this. We used to call. We used to call this fucking dog Cujo because every time you would walk by his house, 
and you would never <laughs> see the dog. He hid. You he heard the dog. And it would come and come. And if there wasn't a fence there, Dude, then you would have to it have was an interaction it was with the ass. dog. And that <laughs> yeah. dog is the reason why I was scared of dogs up oh. until I was probably in my mid-20s. Yeah. Oh, ironic. Fucking dog, Bruno, which he's probably still alive. Oh no no no! He's he got dysplasia, and, but I'll tell you a funny story about that because he's right about the that hiding. Dog was fucking crazy. We had um we had a cop. A, a, we someone rang the doorbell and the dog was outside. That was a fence, and there's beware of dog signs everywhere because he bit like ten people. So yeah, the cop said that, after five people, it's still the <laughs> Well, the cop said Nowadays, after five that they were we were gonna have they were gonna have to put him to sleep, and then he bit five more people, but it never made it back to the cops. Anyway, the doorbell rings, and we're like, "Hey, M. Bruno outside, Southeast for your ass, right?" Right. So, and we're like, "Yeah, Bruno's not in here." So I go, we look out the thing. And it's a cop. <laughs> and, I'm like, and we're like, where's Bruno? <laughs> he was hiding behind the couch <laughs> on the porch. Let him come all the way. Because if you heard the gate clink, he was on your ass. But then he yeah, got he into like, this hiding thing. Yeah. And he yeah. let the cop come in, close the gate behind him, come up to the door, ring the doorbell, wait. And we're like, what? And dude, he was on that cop's ass. We were like, oh, sorry. Whoa. Dude, it was so crazy. That dog. That dog. Someone tried to poison that dog. Oh, my God. What? Yes, and they poisoned, They ended up poisoning. My mom had a little, it was an exotic goat that oh, she named no. Capricorn. It was like bluish gray colored. Little, really amazing creature. And they poisoned the goat trying because someone was trying to poison Bruno. Oh and she drank God. the water or ate oh, whatever. Man. Yeah, and we came out there, and she was just dead. But Bruno will be in the National Museum of African American History one day. This dog is amazing. <laughs> At least for DC history, right? Think about how many people have Bruno have post Bruno stress disorder. Because they will know that dog too. PBSD. PBSD. That's exactly what I have. Post PBSD. <laughs> <laughs> that's your next t shirt. PBSD. No, that's the next record. I'm going to put one for Bruno now. Oh, man. Please. Please pour one out. Pour one out for Bruno, man. That dog. That is hilarious. Oh, I'm going to smoke one for Bruno later. Oh, Let's my goodness. <laughs> okay, man. One other thing. Your T-shirt, yes. Because I'm a big Nicholas Payton fan. I wish that I had got Kofi and Nicholas Payton together Ooh, more. Well, can you imagine? You know there was actually a gig. There was a gig that we played together. Really? You, me, O'Teal. No, you, me, Kofi, and and Nick and Deitch. Nick Payton and Deitch at the at the at the uh the name of their place. Uh, one eye jacks down. One eye. You don't remember that? You were on the gig. It was you. Dude, me, I was probably Nicholas doing so many. Gigs. Man, yeah, I gotta get a you, tape of that. That was a that was a bad motherfucker too. Because that Had was also be. the first night that I met Nick, and I always tell him about this night because we were all raging our. <laughs> 
like you deep into the deep end zone, New Orleans. And it was like 3.30 in the morning and we're on stage and me and Kofi are playing keys together and we're bugging. Dites is bugging and Kras is bugging and you're bugging. And he goes up and he does, but he goes up and he plays the baddest shit, right? And then he just stands there. And I'm like, and, and there's actually a picture of me getting off of the keyboards and shaking the shit out of him. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you just standing there? And he always, uh, he he always uh, call, he calls me James Brown after that. So. <laughs> well, oh, Nicholas, tonight you find me. <laughs> Nicholas is the one who came up with this T-shirt. What's yeah. on your T-shirt, right? Black American music, because he, because he, what one of the things that he says that I that I I'm starting to really see especially in today's music is that jazz is dead and jazz is a word that was created as another meaning and we took it and did some other shit with it but that's that's a whole nother half hour no for sure but but I just want to shout about the short version is that all music is black American music (laughs) to be to be upfront. But anybody got any questions about that, y'all can come to me and ask me about it. (laughs) Jazz is a four-letter word. (laughs) Repeat nephew. (laughs) We'll have to like get Eric to show that screen. Oh, I wish I had screenshotted it like before you came okay. on it. It just said Huey P. Nephew. That was yeah, so beautiful. I, I, that's it. <laughs> I was yeah. so, you gave me such a good laugh before you even came on. Yeah. That I just, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, brother. Wow. Well, hey, I, I just want to really quickly. Oh, shit. There we go. I just want to read <laughs> real quickly. Uh, thank you guys for having me on the show. And uh, I'm honored to you know i'm honored to be here i'm always honored to hang out with with people who i consider family and you know teal you know i consider you my family and i appreciate your support and i appreciate you never counting me out when i was down you know you have always been a huge inspiration to me and aside from that it's always just been really dope and i've always um cherished the fact that I could call you and Kofi my family rather than just y'all being the greatest at what y'all do and me being around you guys and learning from you you both and uh, you know I just I just I just appreciate our friendship and I appreciate you uh taking a chance on me being on your uh uh podcast <laughs> and not saying some shit because you know I have a lot to say. Um, but I just I just I just love you very much and I appreciate you and uh Thank I can't you, wait man. to do it again. And, yeah man, and I can't capacity. wait to play with you again. And it's gonna you, be good. You needed to catch up for a while anyway. So for sure. And you know, thank you know, so know, much know, for coming I on. I know you out here. I appreciate it. And, and Mike, it's a pleasure to meet you. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I, I'd like to just thank you for, uh, I'd like to thank you for uh, being, you know, talking about that that struggle. And, and that is extremely, extremely, extremely important to hear right now. So really, thank you. 
Yeah, we're losing too many people too fast. And that's what this podcast is about. We like to get down to it. We love to laugh and we love to talk about whatever, but we like to get on on that in that lane because uh, I'm just like, you know, like you said, four, (laughs) what did you say? Four to five guys you were partying with or dead? Five people I was partying with. Yeah. Dude, that's no joke. That's been no time since you got sober. Like, wow. Like I haven't even been sober for, for long enough to have lost really five people. Yeah. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Well, thank you for choosing life. Yes, life. There's only one way is life. That's coming. I rush it. <laughs> it's coming one way or the other. That's what Paul Williams is Very true. Uh, Amen. Thank you, you, man. Thank you. I love you too. Stay in touch here. Absolutely. And travel safe today, brother. The joy Newport. Thank you. I love y'all very much. Stay stay, stay safe, y'all. Bye, brother. Osiris. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.